Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. And this episode is one I am very, very excited about. Because once again, I'm joined by Webtoon creator Ari-chan to talk about her new series, Senorita Cometa, dropping on March 25th, only on the Webtoon app. This series is a much different take from her last one, Luff. In it, main character Alex is investigating the disappearance of her friend, and we talk about what it was like writing such a serious story, as well as some of the challenges she faced in doing so. We also look at her own background and how her life experience growing up in Mexico factored into the story. We do a deep dive into the characters, their roles, as well as where they all came from, and the answer surprised me. So kick back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. I am so glad that you could join me today. As always, loving have you guys listening uh, to the show each and every week for all my wonderful episodes. And today, well, this is a really special one because I get to talk to one of my favorite Webtoon creators, Ari Chan. She is the creator of such wonderful series as Luff and Faust. We, of course, had her on the show a couple times for Luff. And she's back, everyone. She's back with a brand new series that drops on March 25th, 5 p.m., PST only on Webtoon. You'll find it nowhere else but Webtoon. If you don't get the app, go and get it. It's totally free. Ari-chan joins me. Welcome back to the show. I am just thrilled that we can be doing this again. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm also super excited to be here again. Yes. This is so much fun. Oh my god. It's, it's, it's been a while. I think it's been something like a year or so since we talked last. And this yeah, was when know, uh, right? Luff uh, wrapped up. Uh, the series had, had just uh, had just dropped the final episode. We talked for a couple hours about that, actually. And now we have a, your brand new series, again, dropping on the 25th of March, Senorita Cometa. It's a, uh, let's start with just a deep dive into the story. What is this series all about? All right. So this is completely different than Love, but still very much in the Latin American ball field. Uh, field. Yeah, that field, in the Latin America field. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit, I'm so nervous, I'm excited. <laughs> um, so this is happening in another uh, fictional Latin American country the, called Joalco. Um, in Joalco, there is a lot of crime. There is a lot of um, impunity. There's a lot of corruption. And the, like the whole country even though it takes place in the capital city the whole country is kind of like split between two very powerful mafias right so it's uh, the jaguar mafia and the havali which is like hog wild hogs mafias they're they they have the the whole thing split in half and they're like you know in, in a war and you know the, the police is very indifferent to justice and the people are just suffering it are suffering through it and in in this whole situation this whole place we have our our character in the very, in the very center her name is alex and she is like a, a small gremlin of chaos <laughs> so she has made <laughs> she has made her uh, her house like I mean, she's she's comfortable in this place because what do you do? Would you, you just get used to it, right? Like, um, and she lives with her best friend, who is basically her sister, and she, her name is Lola. And one day, after a big fight, they they have a big fight, and Lola disappears. Like, she leaves the house and she never comes back. 
it's like she disappears and it, her phone dead nothing and of course Alex goes to the police to report her as missing and the police is very dismissive they're like oh how do you know that she didn't like run away with her boyfriend or something and and she is very heartbroken because like justice is just not gonna get done like no no one's gonna try and find her so she makes a decision to find Lola herself um so she (laughs) she actually infiltrates the police as an IT person, she is she gets a job at the police station as an IT person, and um, well, her her adventure starts there. <laughs> she's gonna infiltrate in like from the inside, and she's gonna see what happened uh, with Lola because like this story, if you if you allow me to expand a little bit, this story is a little bit more personal to me I want to say like I I grew up in Mexico and there's always been violence and there's always been um fights between like drug cartels and stuff so it this whole situation is kind of a little bit of a mirror of what happened right like before I moved to the states um the government actually tried to because for years for years and years and years like the government had this whole uh, in in spanish we say loud secret this loud secret of letting the drug cartels do their thing uh in exchange of the drug cartels letting the people live their lives in peace then there was a president who was like, okay, I'm going to have a war on drugs. And it went exactly as you might think, like the people got caught in the middle. So I used to live in a very peaceful city that was like in territory of one cartel. And suddenly it just became, a, well, I don't want to say a war zone, but it, 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 it got really bad. Like, a friend's house got hit by a rocket launcher missile bad. That kind of bad. <laughs> like hearing gunshots and throwing myself to the floor on a regular basis, bad. And mostly because I used to live in a state that borders with the United States. So it's kind of like a, an important like territory. And uh, so that if we we kind of got used to it, which is sad. We kind of got used to it. I remember my husband back then we were dating. He was living here in the, in the States and he went to visit. And I remember I was driving us and we were going to have um, lunch after church at a restaurant. And then I saw on my like rear mirror, I saw that two uh, trucks were coming, like just locked in a shootout. And uh, I remember I just took a side street, like it was nothing. I just parked my car and I told him, I think we have to go like bunker down at home. We're not gonna be able to eat at a restaurant right now. And uh, I I was just so used to it. It's, it's surprising how you get used to it. You kind of tough, toughen up and just 
get used to it. But I had the opportunity to move to the States and I kind of got myself removed from that. And I got like unused to it, like it's say it in some way. Um, and like things, I, I want to say that things got back to normal after the government changes and stuff, but things never go back to normal. Like it's, it's bad still in a different way, but bad. And many of the people who are caught in the middle are um, women and girls. And I remember like stories from friends who were just like plucked out of the street because a drug dealer liked them. Or like I have musicians friends who were just like kidnapped so that they could go and play music at some drug lord's party and then brought back or like doctor friends who were plucked from a from a hospital to take care of some wounded um drug dealers and just never seen again and uh, things uh, that that shouldn't be it <laughs> I know it's so it's not revolutionary to say that that shouldn't be it so what I'm trying to do here is I am I, I am trying to give myself and the people who read it some sort of catharsis some sort of justice if even if it's just a fake justice that can give you some peace and can make you feel like something could be done. So it is very much personal in that kind of part, but not only that, I'm using like these characters, I want to say like our characters that I've had in my brain for like 15, 20 years that are like, that I, I just plucked from my imagination and from situations that I had written from them, for them and, and place them in the story because like, I know that they, I knew that they could play a good part here. And, and now I'm gonna send them out. And it's so like, yeah, I'm excited to share something that's been, that's so personal, but it's also a little bit nerve wracking because it's like, I'm giving them, a part of my heart, basically. Like my lived experience, my heart, my wishes, what I wish could happen, what I want to make for them. It's it's a story like that. It's so it's it's a, about have getting justice where there is none. Jesus. I mean, you hear these stories, but I think a lot of people will kind of think, oh, that's probably an exaggeration or it can't be that bad or, you know, because we have no concept of this. We have no concept of a place where law just doesn't really exist. And wow, that's, uh, that's, a, that's, I am, I am sorry <laughs> that you had to go through that. That, that, that's an awful experience and very glad that you were able to, you know, get out of that uh, situation. Um, Thank you. Okay. So you shared a lot of the stories about what you went through. Um, I'm curious, when you, do you ever talk about this with, with uh, people? And do they just assume, oh, you're probably exaggerating. It could have been that bad. It just seems so, un, so unbelievable. 
uh yeah i funny enough um it's like oh people that are not exposed to that kind of thing so sometimes I, people that are missing the context uh sometimes i have to when i'm explaining to my editor stuff i have to stop and tell her like this is based on something that happened like most of the things that i am doing as as plot are things that actually happened like that either happened to, to someone i knew or it or a, so a friend's friend or maybe I read about it in the news. Um, I've like, there are so many stories about that, this kind of violence really. And uh, some of them you wouldn't even believe. Some of them are like, this is, this is a joke. This has to be like written for a story, but you're reading it in the news. Like someone is reporting about it. So one thing that I do want to make very clear is that even though this is like, very heavy stuff. Uh, the story is gonna be very fun in the because we are gonna get like the excitement on the and the the happiness of getting justice. And you know, the characters are also really fun. <laughs> like I'm I'm usually writing and just laughing out loud at what the characters are saying or interacting between like each other. It's really fun. Yeah. And your last story, Love, was basically a romantic comedy. It was a very like lighthearted series of times, but over but like overall a very light story. This obviously will be a much more serious story. How do you balance that though? How do you balance the, the um the very serious nature of what you're writing with some levity? Well, like I said, you sadly learn to live with it. So it's a little bit of that. I, it's sad, but I, I want to say like when you're a person who grew up with that and who saw that kind of darkness, you learn to laugh about the darkness. <laughs> you learn to, to cope with it, to make jokes about it. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard, but, but, but you learn. And I, I put all that well, I think it comes out naturally, really. And I do take very, very much care. Like I took, I take a lot of care to never make it like not respectful. I, I take very much care to, I take a lot of care to make it respectful to the people that have situations like that happen to them or that have stories of people in their lives who have gone through this so it's never at the, like the jokes the happenings the levity it's never at the expense of anybody who's going through this it's always the characters learning how to live with it like if, for example like there is a, a one of the of Alex's roommates is a doctor and she has like a night shift and Alex just picks up like a metal bat and she's like oh do you want me to walk you to the bus stop like because we're we're like a metal bat like she she knows she's ready like and that's kind of like the fun the the, the it's never at the expense of the people it's always like the the absurdity of the situation they are in when it came to writing certain scenes, did you find you had a lot of trouble doing it because it may have hit too close to home for you or just because of like 
you realize, wow, this is what I actually went through. This is what life is like over there. It's, I think it's a little harder for me to write um, the ways that justice could be done and it's not. It's like, that is like the, the hardest part. And even that is very much like something that it's just heavy. It's just like, more like a heavy sadness than a difficult sadness. It's like, oh yeah, well, like, of course this is gonna happen. The X and Y is gonna happen because Y and C. But um, I, 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 it hasn't stopped me mostly because I have, I think everybody has this ideal world where you can dream about fixing your problems. And I do have this ideal world in, me, in my head that I, maybe I could solve this, like if I had like a godlike control of the world, like, and then, then he goes like this person who is actually a good person and like stuff like that. So yeah, like it, it's this, team I want to say of characters of good people good exceptional people that helps me move through that heavy stuff it's like yeah that heavy stuff happened to me but these these group of people of extraordinary people that I'm writing they are they can solve it and they are going to solve it and that keeps me like pushing me forward and I, I hope the readers when they when they read it especially if they have had gone through something like this can feel it too. Like I'm, I'm really looking forward, hoping it will get translated to Spanish and just see all the people like see their situations and their world. Like, honestly, I've even like modeled streets straight up from like Google's, like Google street. Like I've made it like very much my home that place like that Joalco has become very much my home all through this process of creating. I'm curious if you had the chance to speak to other people who lived a similar life and told them, Hey, this is what my next project's going to be. Well, I've, I've exchanged stories with my friends. It's sad that I haven't had to gone really far to find these stories. Like, it, it's just my group of friends, even from like different cities, we all have a story to tell. Like we all have, we all know someone to, which to whom it happened. We know someone who knew someone and told us or stuff like that. Like it's, it's kind of sad that I didn't have to look around too much to get all these stories. Yeah, it, it's like, it's like this club of just like, heart of just like horrible backgrounds you've all got these stories of like living in a very violent area um what's been their reaction though to hearing that this is what your story is going to be oh well you're the first one hearing about it except from like my editors it's been very hush hush <laughs> I it's funny because when I when I pitched a new comic I had like this very personal very hard story and like a romantic comedy <laughs> and they were like oh we want the heavy stuff yes let's yeah. let's do the heavy yeah and i was definitely. like okay okay <laughs> i can do the heavy stuff yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great 
How has it been keeping this hush-hush, though? I mean, especially in this day and age, it's hard to keep things a secret. How have you, how have you been with just, like, not talking about it with anyone? It's been hard because I love these characters so much. Like, I've been drawing them, so I've been, I've been making memes. Like, I see a meme on Twitter, and I make the meme, and I can't put it anywhere because I'm like, it's hush-hush. <laughs> I can't, like, I, I think about, like, TikTok audios, and I'm like, oh, I should make this TikTok. Oh, I can't. But I mean, the embargo is about to get left. I'm soon I will be able to explode with all my love for these dorks. <laughs> yeah. But it's been hard. Mm-hmm. One way that I'm like, I want to say coping with it is like uh, talking about it with my friends who have helped me with their experiences and that they know that I'm doing the story. They've been like very supportive and I show them like ideas and memes that I make and stuff and they they just build on it and it's it's fun. It it feels a little bit like being like on, on school, like on a club, and you're just talking with your clubmates about your very little project that you have very high hopes for. <laughs> you know, that kind of feeling when you're in high school and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be a great comic author one day, and I'm, you're talking with your friends about all the characters and stuff it's, it feels kind of like that mm. and it's hard not to share it with like my friends online like with the readers of love for example that are really excited like I, I could name names I don't want to play favorites so <laughs> but it's it's really exciting and that's why I'm also like really excited to share it with you because I knew that you you would be excited to find this too extremely so I've actually been seeing some of your posts on your Instagram page where you, where you uh where you've been showing us pictures of some of the new characters and different like iterations and versions and i'm well i think when i first saw the the new one i think i think it was alex actually was like the first one you posted i thought oh my god it's finally happening the new comic is gonna be here soon i was i was blown away and i think i actually saw that and i think i like messaged you like the same day saying can we please you know do uh do an interview we gotta talk about this and we're and I think you were like, well, we can't talk right now, but we can talk like, you know, a little bit sooner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, my God, I want to talk about it right now. And my editor was like, stop, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> no, wait, not yeah. yet. Wait, not yet. So <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited about it. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. All right. You talked earlier about how this is a very cathartic story. And for someone like yourself who has lived this story, how does it make you feel to to like write the ending to know that, at least in this story, justice is going to happen? It feels like it brought me back to like when I was in elementary school and there would be like a bully kid that the teachers never did anything about and then you would go see a movie and the bully character would go like would be like taken to the principal's office by the ear and 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 you'd feel like yes yes it take <laughs> it's kind of taking me back to that to but but like making it myself it's i i I know I can tell you spoilers about the ending. The ending is already set, just like when I won with love. Um, but I'm I'm really happy. I would say it's a very happy ending. So because it since it's very cathartic. That is to say, like there are things, the heavy things that are gonna happen, and 
we will experience a couple of losses too in the way, but uh, it's going to be a happy ending. I can I can promise that. So that that's that's really happy for me. It's really cathartic for me because I'm like writing like a good end for all for me and all the people that have gone through this. Given how lighthearted Luff was, was it a challenge to kind of shift gears to do a more intense story where, like you said, there are there are going to be losses? I, I think it's part of my personality to see or even the heaviest things with a little bit of levity. I, I am a very dramatic person. I, I can be very pessimistic. But like I said, you learn to go through it and also like my friends helped me go through it. And uh, there's also like this, um, there's also like this new, I want to say development thing uh, in, in my process, which is like back with love and even back with Faust, uh, my husband has always been uh, helping me. Like whenever I, uh, I would talk to him, like whenever I got stuck and he would kind of like suggest things we do or like possible outcomes and I'd, I'd, I'd always help uh, find help in him and now he is much more involved into like the writing so he's helped me a lot too since he is much more um she has he has more experience um, finding levity in even worse situations, considering that he's from Venezuela. So, <laughs> yeah, so we both have uh, the darkness and the levity. Uh, so while we do, like I said, the touch, like heavy stuff, we do try to make it also palatable. It, I don't, I really don't enjoy like the movies that make very much like a very tiring to watch, like when the drama is happening and it's horrible and everything. And it's like, it, you, you end up feeling heavier than, than you came into the movie theater. And I don't like that. I, I very much prefer to show them like the burden and let me carry it for them. Like here is a burden, but here's also the, 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 the answer to it here is also how we're going to fix it more than here's the burden feel bad for these people right like so i'm i'm never going to do that with cometa cometa it's not going to be hard to read it's not going to be heavy to read i i am trying to carry all this with with a light to present you like this is happening but this could happen too this is the justice that could happen this is the happiness that you find in the middle of this I definitely agree with you because there's been sometimes I'll see a movie or a TV show and it is just so emotionally exhausting that the end of it I think that was not enjoyable. I feel worse than than when I, than um than like when I came in. I go to the movies and watch TV to escape reality, not be reminded of it, not be crushed yeah, under yeah. more depression and, and despair. So I like that you kind of balance it out a little bit. Um, so you mentioned um, your husband is a really integral part to the whole creation process. Uh, does he mm -hmm. also write or is he also a creative? Yes. Uh, he and I actually met through drawing and writing. And actually one of the characters is a character he originally wrote. 
<laughs> so it's it's really it's like a dream he even tells me like I can't believe this is happening that a, a character that I wrote it's actually going to it's actually coming to life in the comic like sometimes he because he's also my proofreader so when I finish an episode I show it to him like proofread this for me please <laughs> and sometimes he's like I can't I can't believe that like I'm seeing him he's alive this is so exciting um but he is very much like a big part right now and in you know I think from his life experience from his art experience he is uh and also the way like he can find light in the darkest of places helps me a lot I'll bet. I'll bet. All right, let's dive into the characters. We've talked a lot about the story. Now let, uh, let's meet the folks who are going to be there with us on this journey. We've talked about Alex. She is the hero of the story, the heroine of the story. Um, yes. There's also Detective Pooj, uh, who we talked about yes. earlier and, and his name. Uh, who is this detective? What's their role in the story? Okay, so Detective Pooj, um, we are going to meet meet the... Like I want to say the ideal detective pooch first, and then we're gonna meet the real detective pooch. And it's fun. Like I, I like to play with these characters are all about like what they present outwards and what they are. So they kind of all have a secret identity to, to say it in some way. Cause like Alex, uh, as I said, infiltrates like the police as a, an IT person and she's like she puts glasses on and she tries to look meek and unassuming but she's actually like a gremlin of energy like this chaotic good force <laughs> and with with Pooch uh, we see like he is like the poster boy for this um commission that the government made. Uh, the, the government made a commission for the search, rescue, and protection of women. And they brought a foreign uh, detective, which is Detective Pooch, to, to be kind of like their poster boy, right? So he has like his own um, pedigree to say in somehow in his own country. And they brought him so that the people could think the people could think that they are doing something or feel like they are doing something but pooch being from outside he is not he doesn't have any corruption ties in the inside so he's actually trying to work against the corrupt system to really get the job done to really help people who need him and he has kind of like grown this reputation also at home that if you take your case and Detective Pooch takes it, he you will get some sort of justice. So he becomes kind of like a celebrity. So in in like a celebrity detective. And Alex has this huge crush on him. <laughs> But she only knows like the, the the poster boy, right? So when she infiltrates the police, she sees the day-to-day, -day, let's say it, like the day-to-day -day pooch and doesn't recognize him. 
She doesn't even recognize him. She doesn't know it's him. So they have a kind of relationship. She has a kind of relationship with the real Butch while thinking, (laughs) while while thinking that her real dream detective is somewhere in another another station making justice in a different way, in a more flashy, kind of like handsome guy, cool guy (laughs) kind of justice. Like she even imagined there's... Like at the beginning of the story, she even imagines him just like posing handsomely like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll take pity on you if you like give me a testimony or something like that. (laughs) But it's it's fun, like in that sense that she is in love with the public face and she doesn't she doesn't even recognize him at work. That is so cool. So you have these two very different versions of the same character. You have the like the celebrity hero that everyone has created, and you have the real person. How different, though, are these two people, the celebrity versus the real person? Well, even physically, they look different. Like, <laughs> the, the real person, well, you're going to see him, but the real person is completely exhausted, overworked, completely like cold, like he's already deadpan, like he's already seen it all. And of course the the poster boy image, the public image is like all smiles, all pose, all like, yes, everything is under control. Well, behind the scenes, he's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm I'm so I'm so tired. <laughs> so like that. But he also has his own agenda to look like that. He's a very smart character and I, he's trying to fool someone and I'm not gonna say any, anything else, but he is trying to fool someone into thinking that he is like this. So it's, 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 it's a mystery within a mystery. It's gonna be fun. Definitely. How does Detective Pooch handle this though? How does, how do they handle just, you know, being such a, icon to so many people and to really have that kind of pressure like everyone thinks you know this guy will get the job done no matter what well he is like i said sadly he is like very tired (laughs) he's like very physically exhausted i've posted a couple of uh drawings of him he let his hair out he has like dark uh, dark bags under his eyes he looks like he slept in the office for the last three to four weeks. <laughs> and um, basically, when he, he has to put a mask when he goes out to like do any press or like to do any public facing work, right? Um, but I think like the thing with, with Pooch is that he knows what face to give so that you can give him what he needs hmm. so so he's that's what i mean when he when i say that he's also playing a character like he's very much like ready to like very much ready to get what he can from like everybody it's it's a very interesting character to write because you i have to keep in mind that he reads the person and he knows what the person wants him to be. And then he becomes that for the interaction. And then he goes back to being himself. That's and, a, mm-hmm. 
Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, uh, that that's a very cool concept because, like, most other hero characters, like, Captain America is always Captain America. Batman is always Batman. Spider-Man is always Spider-Man. There's no, like, they have their secret identity, but the personality is pretty much always the same. Yeah, no, this, this man is just playing a character for everybody. And I think that's, like, very interesting to see, to see him just, like, morph, right? So, like he sees what like he he looks at you and he analyzes you and then he's like okay he wants this person wants me to be this kind of person like this person wants me to socialize I'm gonna be like a social butterfly and I'm gonna be talkative and blah blah blah. or like this person wants me to be obedient so I'm just gonna like rub my face and just take it all in or this person thinks I'm a fool I'm gonna act like a fool so that he can give me what I want and uh the funny part is that since Alex is already herself wearing a costume that it's not her when he reads her he reads her wrong so he thinks she wants something else from him like he she that she wants him to behave differently than what actually Alex would want so they she is kind of like the only one which with whom this hasn't worked (laughs) and that like kind of puts her in his radar right Mm. like kind of make her stand stand out how does Alex handle the role that she's taken on where she is like out for justice to save her friend how does she handle that kind of pressure she is excited about it. <laughs> I don't think she has a concept of danger yet. Uh, she is just out for a good time. She is like, Alex is like a daredevil. She has no shame. She has no filter. She is, like I said, chaotic good. So it's in the first episode, she actually like, goes like gets into a a private party to steal something from a guy who is related to the case and she has to make when she's found out she has to make an escape and while making the escape she actually like since Alex is not I mean you've seen her she's like not it's very different from B because B was like this curvy pinopy feminine girl with long flowing hair and like and Alex is like tiny squarish short hair so everybody thinks like everybody defaults to her being a guy and they think that she is like that that she's a, a, a thief how how can i say this without spoiling everything the first episode because the first episode is like so exciting i have mm, there are a couple of panels that i am so proud of even though i drew them like four months ago that i'm like i just want you to see them but i can't like how oh, i can i can't wait like I, mm, there's even like music, special music that I commissioned like for the, for this episode that it's like mm, peak exciting. Well, let me skip the details and just let uh, tell you that the press of, because it's a very public escape, 
it becomes from from a very sneaky way in to a very public escape and she like just fools the police i want to say so it's a very public very exciting escape and it's on the news all the next day and of course the news give her thief persona for to say it in a way a name and the name is cometa oh the name is cometa it's the name of the of the thief but everybody thinks cometa is a guy so <laughs> i'm uh, i'm also playing a little bit with the persona thing like that there's the it alex in the office the real alex and then there's cometa and um, when she sees herself in the press the next day, she's excited about it. She's like, oh my God, they took pictures. They gave me a name. That's so funny. Like, that's so cool. And she's just having a blast. And she, of course, has to have like the straight man, right? Like the, the voice of reason next to her. And that's um, one, uh, one of, his, of her coworkers, his name is Salamundo. He's, he's uh, an officer, but he's like in, more in the administrative side. He's like a pencil pusher, I want to say. <laughs> and uh, he is, he's the one who's like, you, do, do, you have any, do you have any idea what you're doing? Like, do you have, like, he is, the, he is more stressed about this whole vigilante persona that she got herself in than she is. <laughs> and along the story, uh, we're going to see her use the, the vigilante persona of Cometa to deliver justice. And it's going to become like this um, cat and mouse chase with Detective Pooch. She's going to, uh, it's going to be the whole shebang. She's going to be sending him uh, calling cards, you know, like the trope with the calling cards. Yeah. Okay. She's going to be sending him calling cards. He's going to be there already. And there's going to be like a like chase and the, how the spectacle of how it's going to happen, like that kind of thing, you know, like, so basically the way she's handling is she's having the time of her life. <laughs> she's, She's happy to deliver the justice. Like at the beginning, she's going to be very, very excited. And then she's going to start taking it a little bit more seriously as soon as she realizes the good that she's doing. It's going to be a nice transformation. Like that's the, the journey she's going to have from like doing it because like, it's fun to, to her really transforming to like an icon of justice. It's going to be like her journey. It's going to be great. How about the villains in, in this story? Obviously, there's going to be a bunch, I imagine, but is there like one central character that kind of stands for the bad guys? There is. There is, but we're going to be starting like, it's like this, this chain runs deep, right? So there's like the person you think it's in charge and then you're like, oh no, there was actually someone else behind that person and there's someone else behind that person and it's going to be like that chain until we get to the final boss. And what I'm going to say is that I'm showing like everybody, like it's never gonna come out of nowhere like this new character that you've never seen before. It's You're going to see them, even if it's like in advertisements or like, talking to another character like everybody is involved with everybody and you're gonna be like oh okay so this is where it goes so that's, 
it's it's going to be very surprising. But let's say the first boss right now is um, part of the Havali Mafia, which is like the wild hog. So she is going to look for Lola there, starting there, like following the, the clues and stuff. She's starting following the Havali Mafia. It's especially since like she suspects them because Lola is actually like her boyfriend is like the leader of the Hawar Mafia. So, <laughs> so she's like, okay, it has to be the other guys. Like it has to be retribution against like the leader of the, of the Hawars. So she's, she's going there first. So th that's our first boss. <laughs> oh my i i am so looking forward to just seeing how you do villains because of course love was my first introduction to your work but that was again all like positive stuff i mean there were some kind of like you know darker characters but actual like villain villains this will be very very interesting i would like to ask though about the lessons you got from doing love that you were able to apply to this series whether it was story or art or anything there is a lot. Like, I think I would describe the process, the process of making webtoons, I would describe it as putting on the rails of a train while you are going full speed on the same train. <laughs> so it's very much a learning, a hands-on learning experience. So I, I want to say that I have a better understanding of things such as anatomy, and like lighting and stuff. And I learned a lot about pacing. I learned a lot about reader expectations. <laughs> I read, a, I, I, uh, I'm sorry, I learned a lot about like um, how to distribute the work workflow through my days. So it's not as taxing to me, like, it's not it's a process that's not as taxing as as it was with love uh it is also very uh, it has a different um visual identity i want to say um than than love in in regards to like colors and um the color palette is different um but i think most of the like the the thing that I want to say that I'm that I learned the most is making my characters much more expressive too. So there is a lot of body language in this one, like especially with Alex, who is just like all over the place and like explosive and stuff. So you can see more body language that I didn't use that much on love because love was more about like, you know, soft feelings and conflicting feelings. And this is more about explosive feelings, like bigger feelings, I want to say. You mentioned earlier that your husband was able to contribute a character to the series. Which one's that? El Mundo, the straight man. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice nice so so it's like i'm the chaos and he has me on a leash <laughs> kind of like that kind of like alex and adel also uh, so he actually it's so funny because there was like a meme going around 
between webtoon authors that they were like, oh, what did you, what inspired your character? And people were putting things like, like, I don't know, like older characters and like, in tropes in books or something and I made one for Adel for my husband and it was like a Clefairy and a suit of armor <laughs> so like it's like this it's a, it's this big burly looking wall of a man he's like literally six eight <laughs> and but he's like soft like a like a soft puppy energy but like a guard dog soft puppy energy just like a like a big dog taking care of a very excited toddler <laughs> it's 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 fun it's fun because i'm also like taking him out of his center in a lot of situations and it's funny to like see him not being able to keep control of the things like all the time it's mm, it's great it's i can wait for you to meet him like you're gonna know who he is immediately like the first panel you see him you're gonna be like oh that's him it's it's great nice nice all right um i want to uh shift gears a little bit so this is the second series you've done with a female lead Um, And we've seen that a lot with Webtoon. You're seeing a lot of series that have strong female characters. They're either uh, part of the main cast or they are the lead for the story. I want to get your take on this and how this kind of changes the comic industry. I think that it was like, it was bound to happen. It had to happen. When you grow up consuming me as as a woman consuming media, or at least when I did, uh, I had to see myself in this white male men because all, those were the stories that were being told. Like I, I had to put myself in, in those shoes to kind of like empathize with the story. And it, it, it was never a problem for me. Like, it's funny. It's, I don't think I've seen a woman from my generation say something like oh i had problems emphasize empathizing with this with this character because he's a guy and i'm not and i think it's just something that we had to get used to and now that it's our turn that there's more chances for us to tell like our stories from our point of view uh i'm i'm happy that we're able to do it through the lens of womanhood, because it's it's different. Like I would argue that, like for example, in the situation, a man from my city when this all, when all of this was happening had different fears than a woman <laughs> when this was happening, and different feelings about stuff. And like and we were all equally in danger, but it's a different story, right? And I think there's already been more than enough stories being told from male perspective. And I'm glad to see that there are more chances for women to tell their stories. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. There there are definitely some really amazing female creatives that are part of the Webtoon group. Um, what immediately comes to mind is uh, Manji, who is the creator of the Let's Play series that actually I just read the uh, newest episode 
loving the series in general. I can see why it's such a huge hit. So, and that's just one person. There's so many other others out there, and I really think it's great that Webtoon and and just in general that the whole that, that the whole industry is having this shift where you're seeing everyone getting the chance to share their story, regardless of gender, where they're from, who they are. I think it's 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 part of the internet. I like to see like the internet as like this new renaissance, you know, like how in the renaissance everybody had enough money to make art <laughs> and there was a lot of art being made. Um, I, I like to think that it's like a second renaissance. So since we were giving, given like a sort of leveled playing field, since you could be anyone, let's say on the internet, there, there was chance I, there was a chance for a lot of creatives that are not usually like the mainstream kind of thing that gets picked on, picked by big corporations to tell their stories. And uh, people reacted well. And I think those uh, reactions was the, were, were enough for companies such as Webtoon to give like this kind of creators chances to make their um, their living like their livelihood out of this and i'm i'm happy that it's it's it has reached that point me too me too all right all right now we've talked about this in the past you have a staggeringly big fan base well over a million subscribers to your works and well deserved i would say um, oh, thank you does that though influence what you do and how you do it because now you know that you have all these eyes on you um a little bit i would be i would be lying if i didn't say a little bit but i don't think in the way that that i let them uh rule over my idea i still very much think of me creating art like with my with my back turned to the world right like here's here's my vision i'm gonna do my best to make it um but i do think about them in the sense that for example i don't want to make the story too heavy i don't want to make it unenjoyable i want them to have fun i want them to have like a feeling of catharsis and i think about them when i'm like oh they're gonna love this interaction or oh i'm gonna put like this comment here and they're gonna like laugh about this and that and uh, it, it's it feels like I'm making a story for my friends. <laughs> so more than thinking about their expectations, I, I am trying to think about how it's going to make them feel because I want to give them a good feeling. Yeah. Well, you certainly achieve that. You certainly do. Well, Thank our. You. Ari-chan, as always, this has been a true pleasure. I'm so glad that we get to reconnect and talk about the new series. Again, folks, Senorita Cometa drops on March 25th, only on Webtoon, 5 p.m. PST. That's like around 8 p.m. my time. So wherever you are, that's your like starting point. 5 p.m. PST, adjust for your time zones. And check this one out. Subscribe to it. Favorite it. Leave some comments because that kind of in interaction is certainly very key for the series to succeed. So definitely push us thing, folks. You want to see it even more of a success than Luff. And Ari-chan, I'm sure we'll be talking very, very soon. Yes, I'm, I'm always excited to come back. Thank you so much for 
for having me, for letting me share. Like, I'm sorry if I was a little bit all over the place, but I'm so excited. I feel like I have so much to give that I don't even know where to start. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, you, you were, as always, a true delight to talk to. I've always enjoyed uh, the conversations, and I am going to definitely have my phone set for 8 p.m., so the new episode, I'll be the first one to uh, check out. Hopefully I, can, I, hopefully I can get that coveted first comment stop spot. I'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, definitely, folks, if you haven't already, follow her on Instagram. It's Ari Changa. Uh, there's so much cool art being dropped right now, different iterations of all the characters. Of course, past posts are really cool. And we actually see the love characters come back every every uh, now and then. So the series uh, may be over, but the characters still endure. And again, Ari-chan, until next time. Until next time. Thank you so much. Picture this. You finished your first book and nailed it. The plot, the characters, all the twists and turns. This one's a winner and all you need is the right cover. If you've got my art skills, this is the part where panic usually sets in. Enter the cover villain, hero to writers everywhere. Founded by noted author Remy Flagg, cover villain focuses on composite image covers for science fiction and fantasy writers. Give them the details, and they'll craft a cover using popular trends that everyone will want to see. But wait, you say, I've got ideas of my own. No problem as CoverVillain loves a good collaboration. As they say, our goal is to put a little villain in every cover we make. Want to know more? Then head to CoverVillain.com and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed that interview. And as a reminder, Senorita Cometa drops on March 25th, 5 p.m. PST, only on the Webtoon app. Next up, I'm talking with a band Constellation Myths, one of my favorite performers. They've got a new single out on March 18th, which is a cover of Young Lions by the Constantines. We talk about why the song was so important to them, their rendition of it, which is very different from the original, as well as how they went about crafting the song. Hey everyone, how's it going? And uh, thank you very much for sticking with the show for this little uh, bonus track portion. Uh, I am being joined by one of my new favorite bands, Massachusetts Constellation Myths. We had them on the show back in the fall for their debut LP, and, and they and they are back. And this is a really cool new thing that they'll be releasing on March 18th. It is their rendition of the Constantine song, Young Lions. I am joined by uh, band members uh, Josh Goldman, Justin Keogh, and Molly Siemens. Everyone, welcome back. I am so happy that we get to do this. Uh, thanks, thanks for having, having us back. back. <laughs> Just all the ones dive right in. All the ones, yeah. <laughs> Enthusiasm. I love to hear that. Enthusiasm. As we I record this in the very like dead of night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're morning people. What can you do? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So um we're definitely going to jump into the format of, of the song because I think that is definitely worth talking about. But, but uh, let's start with, like, why this particular song, why you want to do, like, your version of it. Started with you, Josh. Yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, you, Honestly, it, it sort of came together by accident. So I was, I was working on something, just writing my own thing. And uh, one day I was listening to the Constantines and I was like, oh, man, I'll play that Constantine song. And then I realized that I had to, like, do a cover of it so like i you know i asked justin and molly if they were interested and they uh they seemed like they were pretty interested and so we brought it together 
Yeah. I think we needed like, um, we had just, we had just released the album. I think when Josh first sent over the tracks. So it was like a fun diversion for us. You know, we needed a, something to work on. We'd spent, we hadn't really written anything in a while cause it was all like build up to the release and stuff. So, which is time consuming in its own right. So uh, it was fun to work on something. And it was like, unlike writing a song, which I love it was, it's like a little low pressure doing a cover in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it came together. High pressure? No, well, like you, I, you want to make sure you're you're doing some sort of justice yeah, to a song that you love, yes. you know. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's fun because you already know you love it, so yeah. you can approach it already knowing that you like the song, which is nice. And that is what, like another aspect of it is it's a song that we all love, um, which is one version of a cover, right? You know, sometimes you can go after a song that no one likes and try and make something <laughs> different. <with it. laughs> yeah. What about the song uh, that you love so much? I mean, it's a great song. <laughs> I don't know. Move on. Next answer. question. <laughs> circular, circular logic there. It's a good song because it's a good song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, you know, the Constance version is like such a, banger um you know and i don't know it's it's an interesting song for us because the song really is like the constantine's version is really the song about like youth you know like the impetuousness of youth and we're not that youthful anymore (laughs) (laughs) i mean okay like maybe we're like not in like our 20s anymore but come on guys you know like that old jeez (laughs) i know but we're not like running around this the city in the middle of the night smashing bottles which is sort of like the what that song evokes right and and so you know for us it's i don't know it it felt it felt appropriate for us to kind of slow it down a little and and you know give it our own spin Um, yeah and let's let's talk about its own spin because this song is very very different from the original like like most times when bands do their own like covers they they try to get close to the original your version is very different it's, it's a lot more like mellow kind of like laid back like folk version uh why go this route and how'd you go about just kind of like forming the song well like, like i was saying earlier i mean like it was it's really it really came together like when i uh sort of discovered the thing that I was playing, which was like this like sort of straight up country, like finger picky tune, like literally on my porch, just like working on this thing. And uh, I was like, oh, this is cool. And it, and it was, it wasn't exactly the Constantine song when I when I started like playing it. But then like, when I heard the Constantines, I was like, oh, that's it. I'm just playing this in a different key. I gotta like, so I I, I felt like I just needed to like, to visit that. And I, I just absolutely, uh, adore the song i love the lyrics i love like the, the, the sort of feel of like grasping hold of your youth aspect to it like just running wild and i i i kind of thought about it like as this way of like getting in touch with this side of myself now it's like getting older and like leaving a lot of that stuff behind you know i still want to make music i still want to like play as hard as i ever did but uh, it's you know you feel it in your bones a little bit and sort of like the me talking to the 20 year old me or something like that, you know, sort of a, a dialogue to like what it was like to be at that age. I'm like the old man, the old punk kid, like giving, you know, giving advice to the young, the young rivers now. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a good, a good way of looking at it. Like, like me talking to a, a version of me that never existed because I was never that person, but, but, 
but maybe I, I want some part of me wanted to be. So it's like, if I could talk to myself, then <laughs> be like, just live a little bit. <laughs> oh God. I, I would have so much advice for like, like past me. It's like, okay, avoid this person, this person, this person, that person. <laughs> Man. Now, uh, style-wise, this was fairly similar to what you released uh, with your debut LP, Everything in Time. Do you feel like this song um, sort of uh, continues like that style, or did you go in some like new directions? I feel both ways, if that makes sense. Like, I think it fits in with some stuff that Josh has been working on lately, similar vibe, I think, to a couple other songs that that, that mm-hmm. we've had kind of kicking around lately. So it fits in with that. I do think that there's an aspect of it that, even though it's drastically different from the Constantine song, there is an aspect of it where we sort of played it a little straight. Like we didn't bring a lot of like post-rock weirdness to it, um, which we try and do a little more with, or well, which maybe not try, but it sort of ends up happening with uh, our own songs a little bit, but it felt not quite appropriate for this song um but i don't know josh what do you think yeah it's definitely it's definitely a much more like straightforward like sort of country folky vibe than like what we usually try to churn out uh you know not try but like we write the songs that we write but like definitely a lot more of our influences are present on like our own original material than this particular cover but i, I like that about that it was it was fun it felt like uh it felt right for for the song it felt right for you know how we were playing right in that moment and uh i'm, I'm glad i'm glad it came out the way it did you know hopefully it'll, it'll make some folks happy and they'll remember remember the constantine song and they'll say like oh yeah these guys played something cool so i don't know and i have like never heard the Constantines before i didn't even like know about them before you guys sent me this and and i I'd actually like checked out their version of young lions and it's really very, very different, but it's a great song. So I can definitely see why kind of like uh, why uh, you want to do this. Um, but one thing I, I do want to ask, given that the two songs are so different, like in terms of the sound, is this more about like capturing like the spirit of like what Young Lions is all about? That's a good question. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we subvert the spirit of Young Lions. Um <laughs> I think I th- I think it's you know like a like a I don't know it's a, like I said at the beginning uh, sort of jokingly you know there are, there are different approaches to a cover you can do a very faithful cover you can do something that that drastically reimagines it um, you know that reimagining can come through sort of in the the feel of the vocal delivery or in sort of the musical arrangement and I think our sort of reimagining gives it a different feel like the the original has a has that it has this like you know run around fuck shit up kind of vibe right like my ears yeah, right <laughs> so and and ours is a little more reflective I think um, and I think it 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 I think a lot of that comes from the difference in vocal style you know Molly's vocals are very you know very different from um, there's not a chance I could. I could do it no, in no, the same no, way. No, no. <laughs> um, you know, he's, you know, uh, Bri Webb has that very, like, you know, like Bruce Springsteen, like, you know, like a ragged, rousing baritone. Different vibe. Different vibe. Yeah. Oh, very different. Very different. Now, um, have you sent this to the band, like, to kind of get, like, their take on it? 
Oh, you no, 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 we haven't. But I don't if know you how to contact them. I would love to. <laughs> They're not super on social media. I did kind of poke around a little bit, and I don't know, but yeah, because I would be like personally, I would be like so so curious to kind of to kind of get like their take on it. like you know what do you guys think? This is a song we covered it. We love you guys. You love the music. And I think I would, I would be like like a combination of like wanting to get their opinion, but also dreading it. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it could go either way. I you know um, that but that the singer on that song because there's two singers in the band, but uh, Brian Webb, who I think is the main vocalist, he he does solo stuff um, intermittently, and it's pretty like stripped down singer songwriter type of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's too far afield from what he does now, but okay. I don't know. I can only guess how we, how we feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. You just might get that get that like um, um email one day. I hope so. Yeah, yeah I hope so. exactly. And I hope it's not. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or just a letter from their lawyer, like cease and desist. <laughs> never touch our music again. You right. Can't even listen to it. <laughs> right. Or or they might say, you know what? I wish we done that version. <laughs> you beat us at our own game. Well done, folks. Well done. I'm glad they did their version. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you never. But moving on. Um, um, any other artists out there whose work you would love to do your own take on? Oh man, there's so many. I mean, I would love to do a Tom Waits song, but only if I could pull it off, and I don't know that I can. So <laughs> unless you try, I'm always willing to to try a cover. Um, we did that cover that's on our album, the Grizzly, the Bear, Grizzly song. Bear Sign. I really loved that one. And I think that came out like I didn't know Josh and I didn't know that song before. Sorry, the Grizzly Bear, but we didn't know that song before we did it. So that was a totally unique, um, like only Justin knew the song. And then the two of us are coming in and adding our own thing. And I think that that was a really interesting um, result. And, mm. and Young Lions was a different experience because we all knew the song. So we knew we came in trying to give our own spin to it, um, but I'm always willing to 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 play that game. I think it's I think it's interesting. Yeah, it would be fun to do that again, um, where only one person actually knows the song that we're covering. Because it was interesting, interesting results. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a tricky question because again, it's like, do you cover a song that you love and you know dearly, or do you pick something that maybe? You know, if you're not as attached to you, so that way, if you like screw it up, it's not a big deal. <laughs> or you can't, you can mess it up, and you don't feel like you're messing with something sacrosanct, right? Like it's not, you're not like, you know, messing with the gospel or whatever. You know, it's like it's a, you know, it's all in a sense, it's all folk music in the sense it's in like, it's all songs for us to play if we want, right? Um, whether you reinterpret it or you're just performing it because you like to perform it i like that i like that so what is next for the band what can we look forward to in the future we're working on the next record yeah we're about we're probably about halfway through like the the sort of writing mixing process um like we've got a lot of mostly done songs that we have to put some some polish on and then we'll, we'll pick and choose from the gems there and uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to get that out all right, and I cannot wait because I absolutely loved everything in time. A great, great album, and uh, March 18th is a date. 
the Constellation Myths cover of Young Lions by uh, Constantines. Check it out. It's an absolutely amazing song. Certainly follow the band on all their socials. Follow them on Spotify. Stream this stuff all the time, just endlessly in, in the background. Uh, and Josh, Justin, and Molly, definitely looking forward to talking again down the road. Yeah. Thanks so much. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. All right, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Arachan and Constellation Myths for joining me. Senorita Cometa on March 25th and the new single on March 18th. Check them both out. They are absolutely amazing. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and find the show wherever you check out podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. To close things out, I've got the new single for you, Young Lions by Constellation Myths. As always, keep those ears open.